0: Welcome to Leadership Revealed, where John Paul shares his no-nonsense approach to all things leadership and scaling businesses. John interviews some of the most successful people in their industries to see what it takes to become a great leader. Be prepared for the truth about leadership and business. Please welcome your host, serial entrepreneur and top-selling author, John Paul. Hi everyone, welcome to another edition of of Leadership Revealed, quite a spicy subject we're gonna talk about for this episode, and that is, do you buy a franchise or do you start up on your own? Now, I'm very fortunate that I train an awful lot of people, my customers and my clients, who are franchisees, but also I train a lot of independents and some of the the larger companies as well. So I think I'm in a a reasonable position. I'm not gonna be too harsh on either side, but I am gonna give it from my point of view and my perspective. What I will say is this is the first episode that i'm also videoing as well and recording for my youtube channel so if you're watching this you'll see me refer back to my notes and if you're listening to this on the podcast then you won't have a clue what i'm looking at or what i'm referring to so it doesn't really um, matter to you but the first thing i want to talk about is the franchisee and i want to talk about the benefits of being a franchisee and the first one for me is that you get all the systems given to you or you get a large majority of the systems so, effectively, they give you the systems, they train you how to operate those systems, and then you can get on your merry way and you can actually run your business. You get a, a lot of support and training depending on what franchise you're from. And this isn't a naming and shaming exercise. I'm not going to be shouting about some and being negative towards others. Um, I, I might not even mention some names. Uh, but the point is that, in the main, in the majority of franchisees, uh, franchisors rather, they do give you a lot of training and support and depending on which one, it might be a week, it might be a month, it might be ongoing, you might have quarterly meetings, bi- biannual annual meetings or training sessions, but in the main, you get a lot more training and support being a franchise or franchisee in in, um, compared to if you started up your business on your own. And I know that firsthand because when I started my business, I got zero training as you can expect. I had to go hunt down the training, I had to go hunt down the people I wanted to learn from, the books, the training courses, the seminars, the workshops, the masterminds, the coaching. I had to go and look for it. But I suppose when you're a franchisee, it's a lot easier and it's a lot more um, sort of ingrained into your business um, ethos, if you like. I think you've got a lot of people in the same position as well. So when you're meeting people as a franchisee on these courses or these workshops or these training seminars, then you can connect with them. And I do know that a lot of them speak to each other. I know from a a positive perspective, Belvoir have a lot of private Facebook groups. I'm I'm sure the others do as well, but this is only from my experience. And they share a lot of knowledge. They share a lot of their experiences, good and bad. And I know that really, really helps their fellow franchisees. The brand is also very important as well. Again, I know that brand is important. I'm not gonna get in the argument of is it a personal brand or a company brand. But at the end of the day, the company brand does help. That's undeniable. If Joe Bloggs Lettings opened up in a, in a, a town, and a, a Northwoods, or a Hunters, or a Martin Co, or a Belvoir, or a U-Move, or whoever, they also opened up. I know if you did no marketing, no community type of uh, promotion, or no sales, etc., then I do know the franchisees would benefit greatly, just because the name's probably a little bit more synonymous. It's probably a little bit better well-known also got a proven track record which ties in nicely to that you know if you're a landlord and you're on the been on the forums or facebook groups or, or wherever it is maybe your landlord event or a networking event you have heard of these types of franchisees so you're more likely to go use them for your tenant find only or or more likely to use them to sell your property than if it was Joe blog sales and lettings and it's just sprung up overnight and you've never heard of them or you don't know who they are so I think there's a lot of pros about being a franchisee as well, but you know we've also got to talk about the negatives as well, and we've got to be brutally honest about it. Some of you may agree, some of you may disagree, but that's the beauty of freedom of speech and choice. We've all got our own opinion. One of the cons, and again, this is speaking firsthand, and I'm not going to name names because I think it's unfair, is whilst the support can be good, it can also not be good as well. Now, I know some support is better than no support, as in you're getting some support from the franchisee or franchisor, but sometimes you are paying for stuff and you're not getting fair value back. And that can be very disappointing because coupled with the support not being very good is you do have to pay a license fee, a franchise fee to be a member of that franchise. And that can vary. The lowest I've heard is 10%, and I have heard of one as high as 30% of your turnover. Not your profit, your turnover. So therefore, you could actually be losing money but you still have to pay an element of your turnover to the or because you're using their brand, their systems, their support, whatever it is, which can be a bit of pill to swallow. Because effectively, it's your hard work, it's your hard graft, it's your late nights, your early mornings, and yes, you are using their name, you are using their brand, you are using their systems, their training development, sometimes their marketing, which I'm going to come on to in a second. But 30% of your turnover, I think, is incredibly unfair. Um, I don't know a single brand in the UK that should be able to say that all of the the income and the turnover and the, the revenue generated from you, thirty percent of that effort and time is down to our name above the door. I think that's ridiculous. But again, that's that's not up for me to uh, to sort of persuade you. I think one of the cons as well is um, you're very tied in. You're not allowed to do a lot of things without the uh, the CSO from HQ. I do know when we've looked at. Trying to acquire businesses and some of them have been franchisees. Um, it's been very, very difficult trying to deal with the franchisor. We've wanted the book. Obviously, we're not—they're not allowed to sell the book. We've wanted just to uh, maybe rebrand because it's failing for a reason in certain areas. Yes, you could blame the person, you could blame the franchisee, but a, a lot of the time, it's just the brand hasn't worked in certain areas. But again, because of it's part of a bigger animal, a bigger beast, it's been very, very difficult to try and negotiate with that. And, you know, I know they've got their reasons, and I'm not commenting on that. I'm uh, I'm sitting on the fence a lot today. I've got spelts in my bum. um, But I do know that um, there's a lot of things I may not know that goes on behind the scenes. So that's why I'm trying to be a little bit political, if you like, and, and not comment too much on it. I also think they've got a set way of working and a set way of thinking. From dealing with a lot of franchisees over the years, I do think that they are quite set in their ways in terms of sales and marketing, Facebook advertising, the way they train the staff as well. That's why a lot of the franchisees are coming on my courses and other industry trainers courses to try and glean that little bit of information that can help them push their business further on. When in actual fact, there is an argument that suggests that they should be getting that off the franchisor because that's what they're paying for. So whilst uh, you can say that you get a lot of pros and you get a lot of benefits by being a franchisee, You've also got to say that a lot of the better franchisees are going outside of their network, if you like, and they are going and talking to other people. I mean, we have literally had, i can, off the top of my head before I did this, seven different types of franchisees I've trained over the past. Either they're currently on my mastermind and my coaching or they have been in the past. I think you've also got to run a lot past headquarters if you want to change stuff or you want to, you want to adapt and evolve things in your business. Again, I do know that from, from personal experience when uh, a franchisee has approached me and said, John, love you, love your values, love what you do. Can we work together? I've got to go back to HQ. And HQ have effectively said, um, yes, but you've got to pay for it yourself. It's not coming out of our, your license fee, which is fine. And that's the way they work. But when we talk about the benefits of being a franchisee, we have to talk about the negative aspect or the cons about it, because to get a balanced opinion on which is best, you do need both sides. Mm-hmm. So franchises, a lot of pros, also a lot of cons. Now, starting your own business. Now, the main pro for me is you have got the freedom to implement what you want, when you want, how you want. That is the main pro. If I want to put some new sales techniques in or I've got some new sales brochures or some sales material, I can just do that like that. If I want to go on um, some sort of course or some sort of industry trainer, I can do that. I don't need to put it past anybody. If... um, I want to um, implement something new because of new regulation or new compliance, then I can design my own form. I haven't got any brand guidelines as such that I've got to rigidly stick to. It's my business. I can do what I want. If I want to rebrand it tomorrow, I can rebrand it tomorrow. If I want to acquire a little portfolio book and merge it into my business, brilliant, I can do that. If I want to acquire an agent in the next town and keep it as you know, Fred Smith Lettings & Co., I can do that. I don't need permission of uh, some higher power above me. Now that is a main, main positive about owning your own business. I also don't have to pay 10 to 30% support fees or license fees. So what money I make is my money. Minus obviously, what, you know, what the government or HMRC want for various taxations, but in the main, the majority of it is my money. So what turnover I make, I don't have to give a portion away. Profit is mine. That again is a massive, massive plus point. Um, when deciding if you want to go down the franchise route or you want to start your own business. But the cons are very, very, you know, th- there is a lot of lot of negativity about starting your own business. There was a massive, massive amount of lack of support. So when I started my business, there was zero support. Yes, we had your local enterprise teams and your East Durham Business Centre and you had the guys behind the office sort of giving you basic P&L guidance and basic accountancy and basic sales and marketing. All of which, by the way, virtually none of it is relevant, or the sales and marketing, that is. None of it relevant to a state agency. There was no about like building up your brand in the community. There was no like sales and influence techniques, reciprocity, scarcity, urgency. There was no you know social proof, build your authority, become a personal brand as opposed to a company brand. There was none of that. It literally was just very, very basic stuff about how to write a letter you know, the, the most basic Facebook advertising you possibly can. Nothing about adverts, nothing about lead magnets, funnels, nurturing, you know, Valpal leads or, or, you know, online valuation tools, nothing about that. It was very, very basic. So there was very, there was very little support there. I also think that as independents, we're very scared of each other. It's not probably until the last four or five years where I'm talking to some of my competitors, but very much on a on a friendly level, on a kind of help your level. I'd like to think that um, we're very friendly towards our other competitors. I really, really do. There are some that, you know, I'll be honest, I wouldn't trust as far as I could throw them, but there are some good guys out there. Just want to give a bit of a shout out to a chap, Chris Clark from Riverside Residential. He is a main competitor of ours in um, Gordon Lamb, one of our branches in Washington. Get on with the guy very well, never met him. We talk on Facebook, you know, very open and honest. Another one I want to give a shout-out to Jonathan Copeland for Copeland um, Lettons in in Hartlepool, Jen Pape in Hartlepool. So we do get on with a lot of them, um, and they're very, very friendly. They're very nice. Get on with them. Chris uh, Gibbon from Borough Properties. My son and his son play football together, and we've become really good pals. So you can get on with a lot of people. I just think we need to let that guard down, and we can give a lot of support and advice to each other. You know, And they've been really good for me as well. I know I do a lot of training, and you'd think, well, why would you need to go and get support and guidance of other people i don't think it's necessarily about technical advice or technical support it's just that this is what's going on i'm I'm having a pretty shit week or something's gone wrong and you know just letting that vent in i suppose and i think we don't get that in independent agents and it's a shame it's a real real shame because we need to that's why groups such as the one i run agency growth strategies paul long's got one um chris Watkins got one chris Kiriaku. perry powers got one there's some really, really good groups out there where you can make online friends, if you like. You can make Facebook friends. And hopefully that will develop and evolve into something a little bit offline as well, because I think we all need that support and that little bit of help and guidance and that ability to vent our angst and what's gone on in the week or the month um, to help it get it off our chest. So even though starting your own independent agency back in the day, 10 years ago now, it makes me sound very, very old, It's necessary, it's a lot easier to do it now because you have got that support, albeit online. Hopefully it will develop offline. You've got to build the brand from scratch. Sometimes that's not a great thing, um, and we're talking about here is is a negative thing because you don't know what you don't know. Was it Donald Rumsfeld says, there are no knowns, unknown knowns, and unknown unknowns. (laughs) And this is an unknown unknown. You don't know how to build your brand. Now, unless you've worked 10, 15, 20 years, in marketing or brand building, or as a sales consultant or a marketing consultant, you don't know what your customers want. A lot of people don't even have a specific avatar or, or a, a specific ideal customer. Because again, you don't know what you need to know. Looking back at how we operated when I first started, it's pretty embarrassing, it's pretty shocking. We, didn't, we took on business LHA type properties, which brought its own problems. We brought on shitty landlords, which brought their problems. Now we're a little bit more specific and a little bit more choosy who we want to work with. And we're in that very fortunate position where we can say, no, we don't need your business. We're going to move on. Thanks very much. But I think you're better suited to, to some sort of your cheap agent. <laughs> and it's definitely not us. So again, you've got to build that brand from scratch. You've got to find out where you want to fit in the market, where who your demographic is. And it's very, very difficult as opposed to, I suppose, when you've got a franchisee, um, when you are a franchisee you've got a franchise or telling you this is who you need to go for, this is the type of help and development we're gonna to give to you to try and attract and mark to that avatar. You don't get any systems when you start off. The first two years or three years when I started a business, um, we had zero systems, we didn't know what we were on about, we didn't know how to operate the business. And again, I'm probably the point not no, no, not 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 one percent who who love designing systems and really sort of delved in the, the microscopic element of how to build a, a systemized business. And yes, it's stood us in really, really good stead. We've got seven branches coming up to 10 branches. We'll have 60 staff in the next couple of weeks. You know, we'll sell 500 houses a year. We'll, you know, whatever. That's great. And that's very systemized. But it always wasn't like that. And again, I'm the not percent not of people and agents who can do that. I am definitely the outlier rather than, um, you know, the norm, if you like. But in the main, it was even for us. It was very difficult back in the day, back in the beginning, and we lost a lot of business and made a lot of mistakes and probably paid off a lot of landlords and tenants um, because we didn't have those systems. So you've got to weigh it up, guys. You've got to weigh up: is it worth being a franchisee, or is it worth starting your own business? Now, the majority of franchisees are pretty decent, if I'm honest. But again, a lot of the people I speak to, and this is only on personal experience here. I'm really, really paid off. I'm sick of being a franchisee, and that is the fact. A lot of the independents I speak to, they say, I wish I had a lot more support and I wish I had a lot more training. So I think it's a bit of a yin and yang. There's pros and cons for both sides, and you've just got to weigh it up. You know, the support and the existing support and the existing brand versus the cost and the lack of freedom. So, you know, you've also got to look at the type of person as well. Is being a franchisee, is that because you're a bit less confident you're a bit less safe sorry you you want you want safety you're less risky you're a bit more of a bear if you like that you want that support that safety comfort zone as opposed to going out and starting your own brand you're a bit more bullish you're a bit more confident maybe you're a bit more experienced in business doesn't necessarily mean you're a better agent by the way guys and i'm not saying one is better than the other i'm just being very honest in my opinion that you know you want that safety you want to be um, it's that support and that that safety net cast over you and your business that if you had an issue and a problem you can very much phone up the franchise and say look guys what can I do how can you help me so very interesting episode very interesting podcast in my opinion about that franchisees and and owning your own business but look let me know what are your thoughts on it if you're not a member of the agency growth strategies group pop along and you know I'll be putting a um uh, I'll be putting a post up over the next couple of days and weeks about this, when this is actually released into the group. So let me know your thoughts. You know, type in the comments. Are you a franchisee? Do you started your own business? Do you wish you started the other way around? Are you a franchisee and you wish you started your own? Or are you an independent and you wish you joined a big franchise? Or oh. So thanks very much for listening, guys. And we'll see you next time on Leadership Revealed.